0: And welcome to Sunday Coffee, Mississippi State. uh, Losing two of three this past weekend to the Missouri Tigers. Bart Gregory, Charlie Winfield. We're brought to you by Cannon Ford of Starkville. Cannon Ford. Go by and see them for a new or used car. Spray and bed liner. Whatever you need for service for your car. They can get it all done at Cannon Ford. If you need a new battery, any kind of service. They've got great service, great people. If you need the body shop, phenomenal experience at Cannon Ford of Starkville. And, Charlie, we need a phenomenal experience because the past three days, as we wake up on Sunday morning here in Starkville after State drops two out of three at home against Missouri, it took me a while to, look to calm down a little bit yesterday, Charlie, to be okay. quite honest with you. You know, the, the first loss this weekend on uh, th- Friday night, I was like, okay, hey, you come back, you've got game three tomorrow. And then yesterday's game, I left the ballpark saying, you know what, we kind of – kind of got knocked around a little
1: bit. I just want to go back to bed. I'm here under protest at this point. (laughs) Uh, No, man, I – look, this is tough because it's not just about losses. You can look at the record. Obviously, I'm bothered because we just played ourselves out of a chance at an SEC title. I really thought we were going to win six games to end the season. We were going to be outright or co-SEC champs. That's gone, taken away. I was really hurting when I woke up on Saturday after that Friday night game because I went to bed mad. I woke up mad because I thought we kind of gave one away, and I thought that's what did it. Waking up today, I'm a little bit bewildered, and I don't really know what to make out of things right now because I could go back to the game on Friday and say, we did this to ourselves a little bit, and we didn't help ourselves yesterday at all. Missouri, you know, look, they they got handed a lot of free passes. They got handed some base runners they shouldn't have had. They got handed some really hittable pitches with two strikes. But they hit them, and they made the plays. And although we gave them a few early, they came into the ball game and they looked, unfortunately, like the better team, the better hitting team for sure.
0: Man, which is so amazing. When you start looking at all the statistics in the SEC – I mean, you're talking about a team who has struggled this year so bad. They came in with five SEC wins on the season. They had won one SEC series that was at home against Texas A&M. Had not won on the road this year. But the way that they played the last two days, like you said, Charlie, as aggressive as they were at the plate, it was like every mistake pitch, they made you pay for it. And we talked about this early in the year, about how that weekend against Arkansas – about how every mistake you made, they made you pay for it. And we've made some mistakes throughout the year, and I know we'll talk about this on the show, but it seemed like Missouri probably did as good a job, if not better, this weekend and better than anybody else in the SEC of kind of making you pay for your mistakes because we made some mistakes. Now, here's the thing. I look back at you know the past two days. I kind of got away from you know yesterday at the ballpark, came home, Got the good night's rest last night. I'm like you. I'm, I'm still a little bewildered today and a little bit frustrated. But at the end of the day, we're not going to sit here and go nuclear and postal on you. But Missouri was the worst team in the SEC. And the, going back to your point a minute ago, Charlie, they looked like a better team the last two days.
1: And the other thing that's frustrating to me is – You can go back and you look at these series in a macro sense. This thing all started going wrong on Friday when you had to use Preston Johnson, you had to use Brandon Smith, you had to use Landon Sims. And we were shorthanded on Friday and Saturday because of that. It felt like we were just kind of chasing too many innings. But I look back and I see things, obviously, that frustrate you. I I, want to ask you. Obviously, there are reasons to be concerned with this baseball team right now. And, look, it's not the end of the world. But I think, Eve, look, if Chris Lamones was sitting here right now, I don't think we're saying anything he would disagree with. We, we have some issues. This team didn't seem to be in it emotionally. They didn't seem to be engaged at times. But I want to ask you, what concerns you the most coming out of this weekend?
0: I would have to say starting pitching. I go back to the point of two weeks ago, and here's the reason why. Two weeks ago against Texas A&M, we were able to sweep a series. We played 30 innings. We got 11 innings of starting pitching two weeks ago. We were able to piece it together. We won a walk-off 12-inning game against another bad team, and then we were able to play well in game two, game three. This weekend, we used our starting pitching for 10 innings. You had McLeod that went three innings on Thursday, Bednar went five innings on Friday, and then yesterday just two innings out of Houston Harding who draws a start in a Sunday game. You're just putting too much pressure on your bullpen. Because here's the thing. What have we said all season long? What is, the, what is the big thing that we've talked about this team? It's been the pitching. And another thing that we've also talked about is how this offense has some deficiencies. I mean, we're not saying anything that's not there. I mean, it's there. This offense has some deficiencies. So you have to pitch it well enough to be able to win low-scoring, mid-range scoring games, six-run games, five-run games. You have to pitch it well enough to do that. And when you're starting pitching, goes 10 innings this week, 11 innings two weeks ago. So you look at the last two home weekends against two of the worst teams in the SEC, 21 out of 57 innings. 21 out of 57. What is that, 37%? 36%, 37%? of the innings pitched are coming from your starting pitching. Now, I know the flip side of that is, well, the game has changed and the pitchers don't go as deep anymore. No, the pitchers came out when they really needed to come out. We didn't pull anybody out of the game when we were sitting there saying, well, he probably could have gone another two or three innings. McCloud was spent, Bednar was spent, and Houston Harding came out in the middle of an inning yesterday.
1: And I want to give you a concern that I have, I think, that goes hand-in-hand hand with that. And by the way, though, I think that's a great point. There is a difference in a guy only pitching five because you don't want him out there going through the order the third time. We, we were taking guys out because there was an SOS coming. I mean, you, you had to do something. But I'm going to give you a concern that I have, I think, that plays hand-in-hand hand with the pitching and to some degree kind of explains it, and that is defense. I don't think right now we are a good defensive team. So this isn't the um, – I'm not Christian McLeod's agent here. But let's go back to that game on Thursday. What happens? You come out, you get three pitches, two outs to start the game.
0: Didn't we figure it up? He threw, what, 14 extra pitches if you feel the ground ball in the first inning? That cost him 15 pitches in the first inning.
1: Yeah, and that is basically an inning worth of pitching. What do we always say you want to throw 15 pitches an in inning. Yes. I mean, it basically cost him an extra inning of pitching just by not making a play. And then I go back, we overrun a ball in left field. We had balls get away from left fielders twice. A number of times on that ball game on Friday night where things got scored as hits that probably, well, let's just say in a pro ballpark would not have been scored hits. Those are errors. You have a play at shortstop. You've got a play at, at third. And so you start to look at all these things. When you can't, as a pitcher, trust your defense to make a play behind you, it affects how you pitch. Then I go back to the point.
0: Charlie, we're not we're not picking on people. I mean, it just kind of is what it is right now. And I think Chris Lamonis would probably agree with just about everything. Hey, you take Tanner Allen and Rowdy – say last year you had a regular draft. Say you had a regular draft. Say you had Tanner Allen now playing in single A and Rowdy Jordan somewhere in single A ball right now. You try to figure out your lineup and how your lineup's set up. Hey, I mean, we've got really good pitching. Don't get me wrong. And one through six, you're kind of set in the order right now. But, you know, bottom three, Kellum Clark really has played well the last couple of days. He really has hit himself into probably the lineup. You wonder what you do with left-handed pitching. He didn't look very comfortable, even though he did draw a start yesterday out in left field. But here's the thing that what Chris Lamonis, and we kind of go back to this point, we're not Chris Lamonis' agent at all. But it's almost like, and I said it on the broadcast yesterday, it's almost like Vegas vacation with Chevy Chase. You know, you you plug one hole with a bubble gum, and then all of a sudden here comes more water. It's almost like you've got two or three guys who are decent defenders that have a tough time at the plate, and a couple of guys who are pretty good at the plate and have a tough time in the field, and you're just trying to – piece this thing together and piece together a lineup each and every day. And but, So what does that tell you? What what does that tell you? And this is not an overreaction. This is not an overreaction of losing two out of three to Missouri. What it tells me is this, Charlie, is there are elite teams out there. When you start talking about an Arkansas, even a Vanderbilt, and everybody has deficiencies, and we see more deficiencies because we see these guys every day. But at the end of the day, we have some deficiencies That could hurt you. Now, can you win a national championship with deficiencies? Absolutely. UCLA proved that. They hit like 250 in 2013. It's when you get hot. But going back to your original point, we're just not playing good baseball right now. And that kind of worries you as you hit the stretch run and go into the SEC tournament. This doesn't do a whole lot for your confidence.
1: No, it absolutely doesn't. And the other thing it doesn't do much for is your idea of being a national seed. This stadium was not built to go on the road for Super Regionals. This stadium was built to host Regionals and Super Regionals. And, look, I mean, right now I think our thoughts need to be, how do we get through a Regional, much less get into a Super? But this weekend you expect what our RPI is going to be around 10 or so now. And say Fairfield, you wouldn't think they'd count. But all that being said, right now this is a team that really – needs to start to play well. And I think I've got to take back something I said earlier, too. And by earlier, I mean within the past couple of weeks. I've been kind of downplaying the SEC tournament. I've been telling you I don't care about it. I don't know. Maybe this is a team that needs to go play better in the SEC tournament. Maybe it needs to care a little bit more than I normally would. If the idea is you got to get hot right now, we're kind of headed in the wrong direction, we need to turn it around. And the thing that I worry about in terms of turning it around I want to go back to one of the things we've talked about, and we said this coming into the season. It is real easy to fall in love with our guys based on fall reports and based on scrimmages because they're our guys, because we knew about them when they were being recruited. We kind of don't know about the other guys, so all of a sudden we kind of convince ourselves that our guys are going to be a little better. But your shortstop is a freshman. He's new to this, and the other thing that these guys haven't dealt with – Forsyth hasn't dealt with it. Kellum Clark hasn't dealt with it. Cameron James hasn't dealt with this. Christian McLeod hasn't dealt with this. And what we're dealing with right now is a team that's in a mess and has got to come out of it. You know, if you're a Tanner Allen, if you're Rowdy Jordan, look, Rowdy Jordan starts every year in a slump. All right? And he knows he, it. He gets it. He understands how how to play his way out of it. But some of these guys, the question is, can they rebound? And sometimes that's a veteran skill, and it's where you really got to rely on your veterans and guys like Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan, those guys, to kind of, kind of pull this team around. So let me ask this question. For as much as said about the depth
0: of the bullpen, you start looking at the bullpen, and it was kind of shelled this weekend, especially yesterday and then on Friday night. The bullpen was, was hit hard. And so then all of a sudden you begin to ask yourself the questions about you know, honing in, trying to figure out who your guys are out there. We saw Landon Sims one time this weekend. We saw him on Friday night. Now, I know yesterday the opportunity really never presented itself. But early in the game, I, I kind of went into that game yesterday of, okay, it's game three, you throw Houston Harding out there to start the game, and then the first time he gets into trouble, you bring him out. But the first guy out of the pen yesterday was Cade Smith, who had never thrown a pitch in an SEC game. And you bring him in there, and I, I know hindsight twenty twenty. But all of a sudden, boom, you're down eight to nothing and you're chasing your tail early on in the game. I just I thought it was interesting how we say about the depth of the bullpen and then the first guy out. And I'm not picking on Cade Smith by any means. I'm just asking the question. Did it surprise you to see a true freshman who had never thrown an SEC pitch to be the first guy out of the bullpen
1: when you're kinda on the ropes early? It did be, and and part of the reason for that is I thought coming into the game that we were going to have basically a stacked bullpen ready to go. I expected to see a lot of guys. I didn't expect to see Stone Simmons coming back on a back-to-back days. He threw two innings on Friday, comes back, and throws a lot again yesterday. I was a little surprised that when that ball game was in a spot to really get away from us that you don't see a Brandon Smith. And, look, we don't see Landon Sims. And so if there's a topic that's been beaten to death this year, it's how much do you use Landon Sims and when – I was surprised that we didn't see him yesterday.
0: I was surprised we didn't see him in the seventh, to be quite honest with you. If you're going to see him, if you're going to see him, it's a two-run game in the seventh inning. You've got it back to a 10-8 to game. You were unable to score in the sixth inning. You go to the seventh. You go to the seventh, it's a two-run game. If you've used him one time already on the weekend – I'm kind of surprised you didn't see him there. And, so and, 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 maybe, ask and maybe they're waiting for another inning. Maybe they're trying to tie it up before they get it to him in the eighth. But
1: at the end of the day, it's game three. And games can be lost in the third inning. <laughs> you know, they'd be lost in the seventh inning.
0: And that game was lost in the seventh inning. When it yes. went from 10 to 8 to 12 to 8, it that was a ball game. Yeah, it wasn't exactly the grand right. slam in the ninth inning. It was the two runs that scored in the seventh inning. I say that to say this. If you're only going to get him once a weekend, why not start him on Sunday? Why not just throw him out there and start him?
1: Yeah, and so let's play that hypothetical through. Let's say he doesn't throw at all on Thursday, doesn't throw on Friday, and you roll out yesterday and you get five innings out of him. How is that game different? Pretty significantly, perhaps. And so I think it's a, a fair question. Now, look, I admit there's a whole lot I don't know. I don't know what the plan for him coming in was. But I think on a weekend I need more than 24 pitches out of him, just period.
0: Right, and now, hey, that goes back to the point. There's there's a lot of things you don't know as well. Okay, who did you think was going to have the ability to throw in yesterday's game? They get out on flat ground before the game starts. You know, you give the thumbs up, thumbs down. Hey, Coach, I really don't feel it. You know, Preston Johnson was good in the Thursday game. He got hit a little bit yesterday. So you kind of wonder who has their best stuff and who doesn't. That's one of the things we don't know.
1: Were you surprised you didn't see Fristo yesterday? I was. I was, too. I understand taking him out of the starting rotation because I think sometimes guys just need a change of scenery. But I was surprised by some of the pitching choices that were made without going to him. Again, don't know what I don't know, but I expected to see him perhaps coming in right after Houston Harding.
0: So looking at this, and that's what we're doing. We're not going game by game. Hey, you look back, Thursday night, stayed able to come from behind, got three runs in the seventh inning. It's almost like you're lucky you didn't get swept at home. I mean, because – In the Friday game, you lost the lead, had a lead early, lost the lead, came back to tie it, they win the game. Yesterday, it was all Missouri. I mean, to be honest we it teetered closer to Missouri sweeping the series than it teetered to us winning two out of
1: three. No, it absolutely did. We were fortunate to win a game. Here's one of the things that's interesting to me, and this is probably just something that we as fans are always going to do, when we lose a football game, we wanna fire the coach, when we lose a baseball series, we wanna say Lamona should have done this, Lamona should have done that, Foxhall should have done this, Gotro should have done this. You go back, you kinda of made this point earlier about, you know, Vegas vacation, you know, holes in the dam. I think of it kinda of like whack a mole. You know, <laughs> we we've beat a bunch of problems on the head, but every time we do, two more pop up somewhere else. You know, Chris Lamontis, well, you and I have talked about this a ton, but the decision to move Foskey from third to second, that's one where you can say it worked. But, man, he has tried everything that you could reasonably ask him to try on this team. When Cameron James was struggling at shortstop, we moved him. And we put in Forsyth. We've tried an army of people in left field. We've tried different guys at first base. And the problem is this. We have some guys who defend well but they don't hit that great. And it seems like when you put them in for defense, we really needed hitting that day. We have some guys that hit pretty well. They don't defend that great. It seems like those are the days we needed defense. It's like the ball finds the problem Yeah, every it, single time.
0: And it's going back to the point, and we said it yesterday on the broadcast, it's almost like Chris Lamonis has given so many guys a chance to win a job. Hey, go out and win this job right here. And it it's almost like nobody goes out and wins the job. Now I think Caleb Clark, the way he hit the ball, just kind of played himself into the lineup. Now where do you, where do you play him? I miss, he misplayed a ball yesterday. He didn't look real comfortable on that home run to the left field, the left field either. And but I think we're trying. I think we are. And I I go back to the point that
1: don't quit mid season.
0: You knew what I you knew where I was going. You knew no, was
1: that where you were going? I, I, if
0: you're a dad, if you're a dad out there, or if you're a kid in college. I know sometimes when moves are made, and I don't know anything that went on. I don't know anything behind the scenes. I may be completely off base and completely wrong by saying this, but if you have a son that's wanting to quit during the middle of the season, you got to talk him out of it. When you get to this level, now if you want to transfer out at the end of the year, that's fine, but Landon Jordan will be a big part of this offense right now. Landon Jordan will have a place and have played a lot of baseball in his offense right now throughout the season. And like I said, I don't know what happened. And I don't know why you walk away after 10, 12 games, and I understand there's probably frustration all around. But I look back at you just can't get frustrated enough where you pull the trigger like that because baseball has a way of evening things out and the cream rising kind of to the top.
1: And you have a coach who is willing to stir things up and shake it up. Chris Lamones doesn't bury guys at the end of the bench. No. He does it throw you down there and not give you a lifeline to get out. You can play your way back into the lineup.
0: Now, this team does need, and we've said it from the start of the season, we said it early in the year. I think it was before the season began. We were looking at the schedule, and, Charlie, you said, who's your right-handed DH? I mean, you start looking down the lineup, where's your right-handed power? Of course, you, you, first, the, th- the first thing you say, okay, what about Brad Cumbas? And Brad's had some bright spots and like everybody else. I mean it just has not been a consistent issue with the the players you've had consistency with over the last two months. Rowdy Jordan, Tanner Allen. Those are the two guys you've had consistency with. And I'll and tell you this of
1: late Logan Tanner a little bit. And, hey Scotty De Brule had a good game yesterday. But, he hit the ball well this weekend. I mean his batting average is up close to 300 again.
0: So that being said, we're not going to go through and look at this in a micro game by game but just looking back at the weekend, I understand. I mean, we're fans, Charlie and I are fans just like you are, and I know buttons are wanting to be pushed, but at the end of the day, when you look at it, this was just a bad weekend. With how you had it coming down the stretch, if you looked at the schedules coming into the weekend, if you were an outside observer, and you said, okay, state is within one game of Arkansas in the SEC race, and you see who plays who, you see Arkansas going to Tennessee and then playing Florida next weekend. You look at all the schedules. You'd have to say, well, I'll tell you what, I really like how it stacks up for Mississippi State.
1: So now here's the key. Now we have to redefine our goals. All right, so we came into the weekend with a goal of winning the SEC. That's done. Over, forget it, scratch it off the list. Now every other goal that you have is still in play. You could still go to Hoover and play well. You can still win a regional. You can still win a super. You can still get to Omaha, and who knows what happens there. You didn't win the SEC, big deal. You typically don't. Now, it is a big deal to me, but I'll let it yeah, go. It, it yeah, because it was there. I didn't expect it coming into the year, but then we got teased with it. But so now you got to kind of redefine your goals, look at where you want to go. The key for me, though, at this point is we have things that we have to fix or we don't get out of the first regional weekend, forget a super.
0: Just look at how it stacks up right now. You got McLeod going in Game One. You're a one seed against the four. Okay, maybe you put it together there. You've got Bednar, who's quite honestly has been your most dominant guy going in Game Two. I thought here's the thing about Bednar that I liked in the game on Friday, and I know he didn't have his great stuff, but he fought through it. He fought. He he was trying to fix some problems out on the mound, and and he was able to kind of. He pieced, adjusted. He pieced it all together. I, I like. Hey, let me tell you, I feel better about Bednar right now than I did before because sometimes when you're out there and you're dominant and somebody you know, gets a good swing on you, you don't know how to fix it. I mean, he, he was trying to tinker with, with the old car the other day. I mean, he was trying to work his way through it, and I thought he, for the most part, did.
1: Other than Landon Sims, I feel like Bednar right now has kind of shown to me that he is the guy most capable of gutting through it when it isn't great. He's the guy most capable of fixing it and getting around. I thought you saw that in the ball game on Friday. He wasn't great. I go back. You said this, I think it was in the ballgame after Vanderbilt, that Sims came in, he gave up a hit, gave up a run, and you said the next morning I feel better about him than I ever had. Absolutely. Because how he reacted to it. Right now, I think Will Bednar, I mean, he's your ace, right? He is. He, I mean, he is the guy that in a regional, if I, I just have to think you're going to get six or seven innings if you really have to have it.
0: And so he's your winning, winner's bracket game. Okay, say so you got McLeod out there, and hey, we're way ahead of ourselves. This is you
1: know, three weeks <laughs> that's from now, right?
0: And then you win a winner's bracket game with Bednar, but then who do you, <laughs> who do you feel comfortable with in a championship game? So that's all. That's all the things that are trying to be pieced together right now, and getting to that point. Now, okay, here's the thing. At the end of the day, hey. We have talked to the therapists. We have got it all out. We know how we feel. We know how disappointed everybody is for this past weekend. But here's the thing about the game of baseball. You can't let two losses turn into five because it can in a hurry. Because baseball is a sport where if you get down on yourself right now and start, trying to start climb out of things, I mean, Bama's playing well right now. You go to Bama next weekend, you got a good Jacksonville State team you're going to play on Tuesday night if it doesn't rain. And then you get ready for the SEC tournament. You can't let this
1: weekend define you. What was the line from Bull Durham? We need fear and ignorance. I thought it was fear and arrogance. I, I think it was fear and arrogance, but he misset it. You know, yeah. Crash is telling him you got to play with fear and ar- arrogance, and he says, "You know, I get it. Fear and ignorance." You know, it kinda <laughs> sets him off. Um, now we need a little uh, fear and arrogance, or whatever it is. But I think this. I feel good about this. In that locker room, you've got a Tanner Allen. And you've got a rowdy jordan. I, look, I just kinda see Tanner Allen as kind of the guy who gets the offensive side going.
0: Here's I mean. the and go back to leadership. I'm gonna go back to leadership. And so many times you have good teams that don't have leadership. And I don't know what Tanner's like in the locker room. I have no idea if he's the guy that rye rise and beats his chest or whatever. But here's the thing. You can't tell me that he's not your best player on the ball club. He may be the best player in the SEC. And when you when your best ball player, when your best ball player plays the hardest that's when you got a leader. It's like Dak. Everybody wants to talk about why is Dak so good because he's the hardest worker. He's the hard. He was your best player, and he was your hardest worker. And so if, if I'm a a middle line guy, I'm sitting there looking at my best player who's playing the hardest and works the hardest, and that's what I want to do. And that's it's not about what you say. Leadership is about showing what you can do and let guys follow behind you, and that's why I feel good about it because I I feel like you've got a guy who's been there and done that but also runs out ground balls. He gets triples instead of doubles. He gets doubles instead of singles. He beats out infield singles. It's easy to bat flip and jog to first base. It's almost like the hard thing is to play like you're supposed to play the game. And he plays it like you're supposed to play the game. I'm glad I get to watch Tanner Allen every time I crawl into a booth. And five years from now, I'm going to look back and say, you know what, I miss Tanner Allen because I love the way that guy played the game.
1: Oh, absolutely. And so you feel good because you've got somebody like that. Now, ultimately, this is a team that needs to go to Alabama, needs to find a way to win too. This team just has got to find a way to put some wins and to get something good going.
0: Okay, before we have our final words, I'd like to again uh, remind you, we're brought to you by on Sunday Coffee by our friends at Cannon Ford of Starkville. Cannon Ford, located on Highway 182, just east of town, they can do anything with any maker model. It doesn't have to be a Ford or a Lincoln. We we'll start talking about service, spraying bed liners, whatever you need to trick out your truck great used cars. They have great sales staff. They have great service. That's what they're known for, and that's why people go back to them after working with them in any way. That's a Cannon Ford of Starkville. Okay, Charlie, going forward, we can can only control what we can control. And So now you get back to Tuesday, you come back and play Alabama next weekend. It's almost like a soul-searching week. Got to kind of figure out who you are. I mean, we've been a top five team all season long. Internet top five. And everybody's like, why are you not ranking state above Texas? Hey, at the end of the day, we got to just fix us.
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Now, I have never been the guy who says, hey, this loss will do us some good. I've always hated that mentality that we get better by losing. But here's what I would say. If we've got to have a soul-searching moment, better now than in a regional. Better now that we can get something done about it than later. Maybe we look back and say this was the weekend that Kellum Clark had the big moment where he now becomes an everyday guy. And maybe he gets hot and helps us go through. Maybe some of those little things, some of those little adjustments, make a difference as we go forward. Maybe he wins the spot. We've talked about who's going to win left field. Maybe he wins that spot. Maybe we're a different team. Well, the ball
0: just sounds different off his bat.
1: Yeah, boy, he's just got – He's got some pop. I mean, the guy's a baseball player. He is. He's still young. He's still raw. He's still figuring a lot out. But the metal of that bat hits the ball. You can just hear it. Congratulations to Missouri. Steve
0: Beezer, they've been looking for that all year. They played above their head this weekend. I thought they probably played above what they can play. They played they a, made plays. they made a. They played a good brand of baseball.
1: They and, played good defensively at second base. They had a diving catch out in center field. Boy, the first baseman hit the ball all weekend. Yeah, Montgomery was, was outstanding toward Montgomery. Oh, and by the way, oh, I, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the right fielder. Yeah, Andrew
0: Kiefer hurt in the game yesterday. Man, you hated to see that. They put that splint on him, but he was out there after the game was over with with the team. He's a senior, man. He played hard, He and he played up the outfield. He had a great relationship with those folks out in right field before. But by the time it all ended. So.
1: He is the classic guy that if you take the right attitude out there, it can be a lot of fun. Yes. We've seen guys come in here, kind of with a bad attitude, want to jaw at them. That never works. It's like he LSU fans, crowd.
0: man. The outfield, the right field crowd's a lot like LSU fans. You kind of, they kind of want you to yell back at them a little bit and laugh and you know joke around, and then they just embrace you, win the crowd. What was and it? He did it. What's the old gladiator? Win the crowd. Win your, win your freedom. And that's what he did. He, he won the crowd. and Won his freedom. <laughs>
1: Well, I hate to see him get hurt because I mean he, yeah, you never know he could be done. But I don't know. I uh, the sun came up. It's I thought if still I ta- a lot ahead of us.
0: I thought if I talked about it for thirty minutes, I'd feel better. But I still want to go get back in the bed right now. I don't feel
1: good. That was <laughs> that 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 was not good this weekend. Well, it wasn't. But let me give you this. Make me feel good right here. All right. Best argument I've got is this. Show me that juris doctorate. Huh. <laughs> Well, it's going to take a lot more education than I've ever gotten. I think the issue right now is this. When we started this season, let's go back to the beginning. You and I said several times there were going to be a lot of really good teams in this league, finish 15-15. and 15. And it's interesting that as we talk about the postseason, we're kind of forgetting about some of these teams, your Floridas, your South Carolinas, your Georges. There's still some teams out there who can get hot and be that team that has a magical run. We are just hitting the bump in the road that other teams took before us. Now, look, it's bad. You don't lose two out of three to Missouri, and in particular, the way we did yesterday. But you deal with it, you adjust from it, and if we adjust, we can be a better team from this, and we are already on track to win more games, quite candidly, than I really thought we would coming into it. Missouri has not been good, but you saw on the field – Missouri is good in the field. They are not a totally hapless team. It's a team that's just struggled to pitch a lot this year.
0: All right, Charlie, now that you talk about it, now that you kind of get it out there, I don't feel any better.
1: No, I don't either. Okay.
0: Hey, enjoyed it. Well, enjoy talking this morning.
1: Yeah, Uh, I couldn't even really come up with a good thing to say right there. No, I know. But, But
0: no, I mean – There's nothing – I mean, at the end of the day – it's not good. It's not good to lose two out of three against Missouri. But now, hey, the game, the season's not over. We're not packing up the bats and everything. we still got baseball to play.
1: We almost went a whole show without somebody saying that's baseball.
0: Because it's not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, here's what happened this weekend. We played bad, and Missouri played better than they have all season long. They're not as good as they played. We hopefully are not as bad as we played. But we're gonna to have to make some changes. We gotta we gotta pitch it better. Gotta hit it better. No doubt.
0: Hey, we had a good show this past week. Chris Stratton joined us. We also talked with
1: Todd Walker from LSU.
0: Yeah, Todd Walker with the SEC Network. He had the game on Thursday night with Tom Hart. And so, anyway, look forward to the show this coming week. You guys are continuing to. Subscribe to the podcast. We have listeners. Our listeners just keep going up and up and up. And, man, I tell you what, it's just so fun to, to look at each and every week how everything is going. We appreciate the our fine sponsors during the week uh, with Out of Left Field with Farm Bureau, Country Pleasing Sausage, and Heartland Catfish. And, of course, here on Sunday Coffee with Cannon Ford of Startwell.
1: Hold on. Before we go, I have one thing I want to know. What's the dumbest thing you heard at the stadium this weekend?
0: I probably know who said it. If you sit in Section 208 or 209 and you're right in front of the broadcast booth, right in front of the cameras, there's a lot of people wanting to know your name. There's a lot of people who send texts or tweets and say, who is that guy who speaks the obvious? (laughs) Don't be that guy. If you drive with that guy to the ballpark every day, look at him and say, hey, listen, not today. Not today. I don't mean to be mean. I'm not being – but I'm just telling you, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help your image, whoever you may be and however you talk in your daily life, I'm trying to help you. I probably you.
1: shouldn't have asked this question, huh? No,
0: I'm just trying to help you because I'm not saying this from me. I'm just saying this from a lot of our listeners, just to really think about what comes out of your mouth when you're stating Captain Obvious stuff.
1: Throw well, strikes. No, man, <laughs> no. Okay. No, I'll, the, the one for me is, you know, we bring somebody in and then you hear somebody yell, well, get him out. Well, you know, just because you walk one guy doesn't mean you're doomed <laughs> to failure. And by the way, it's not a hurt space. You know, we got a, we got an entire bullpen, but they're not all sitting down. there fully charged and ready to go. You know, you got to warm these guys up. They don't press a button and all of
0: a sudden a guy comes in the game.
1: Yeah, it just doesn't happen that way. <laughs> uh, look, man, we just got beat.
0: Yeah, we did.
1: We did. We just got beat. By a lesser team. We did. <laughs> it's like, a lot of times say, you know, hey, we just got beat by a better team. No, we just got beat by a lesser team, but it happens.
0: You know who we got beat by? Vegetable lasagna. Oh, my God. <laughs> you remember that during football season? I referred to Missouri as vegetable lasagna. Yes, yeah, so i, I got to make a comment on not, that. Or they're not great. They're, you know, they're just okay. So, so, there's
1: vanilla. So we were doing the, the pregame show, <laughs> and Bart's talking about Missouri, and he says they're vegetable lasagna. And, you know, they're not great. You don't love it. You don't hate it. It's just kind of another meal. And so, as Bart says this, keep in mind, and I guess we weren't thinking about it at the time, but our programming is run out of Jefferson City, Missouri, for those games. And they're all Missouri fans. Everyone is Missouri fans. So, the guy comes on to give the scoreboard show. And Mo Lewis. Mo Lewis says, from the vegetable lasagna capital or something, what was? It? <laughs> that was good stuff. Your scoreboard show from vegetable lasagna, Missouri. <laughs> oh, oh me.
0: somebody's always listening. All right, Charlie. Hey, enjoyed it. See you next uh, next week on Out of Left Field. Appreciate you guys listening to Sunday Coffee presented by Cannon Ford of Startwell.